Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day, or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. We are broadcasting from the Attention Era Media Studios in a rainy, icy Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Baxter Colburn. Yeah, and this is Simon Provan. I almost died on the way to the studio, Simon. I was trying to walk through the parking lot, and I've never been so terrified in my life. I was I was basically ice skating. I pulled a triple yeah, axle yeah. on the way through. It was, nice. it was beautiful. The judges loved it, but uh, it was very scary to walk on, like, frozen ice, basically. Uh, you obviously made it to the, to the studio uh, in No, I, I had the same deal, though, too. Actually, I had a voiceover out at uh, Kohl's corporate headquarters Ooh, this morning. And, and, you know, so good company like Kohl's is going to make sure they salt everything. But then of I got course. down here in the public park, not the public, the still the private parking sure. lot. But they somehow did not get the memo that when it rains around 32, 33 degrees, it quickly turns into ice. It does. It was terrifying. Even walking out of my apartment to my car, that was only like a 10-foot walk, but I was like, I basically like hit and slid to my car. Everybody's walking like an old man, an old lady today. Exactly, right? You can't make fun of anybody today. Doing the shuffle. (laughs) Dancing all the way. Everyone's just dancing today. Everybody loves it. Well, we're dancing as well, too, because we've got a great show for you today. Two huge guests joining us. Uh, You have probably heard of probably both of these gals. They are big players in the NWSL. One of them is Caroline Stanley. She's the goalkeeper for Sky Blue FC. She'll join us in our third segment. uh, But coming up next in our second segment will be U.S. Women's National Team and Portland Thorns midfielder Allie Long as well. So I know Simon is excited to have another Thorns player on the show. Of course, anytime you get a Portland player on the show, it's just a little bit of extra gusto for me. But I'm always excited about whatever guests that we have on our show. You're absolutely right. We do want to remind you that our show is broadcast live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. We will be making an announcement soon about a new schedule as Simon goes back to school as a professor. Uh, we have to change our schedule a little bit. We'll still be twice a week, but we'll get all that information to you officially in the next week once we get things a little bit more figured out. So, Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned. We'll actually talk about another organization that's making a format change as well, but not as... No, much more drastic than what we're doing. Anyways, you can also find us on Facebook, two up front in the search bar. Use that number two. You can find us on Twitter. Same thing. Use the number two at two up front soccer. He is at Baxter Colburn. I am at Simon Provan. Yes, indeed. Time now to get the show on the road. We'll start around with our kick around, uh, which is brought to you by Too Much Metal for One Hand. Uh, Too Much Metal is a showroom that features unique T-shirts and apparel, uh, and like the 414 stuff you see all around the area in Milwaukee. Cooler by the Lake hoodies. 
Uh, too Much Metal is an independent source for rad, for smart sm people uh, seeking smart t-shirts. Uh, more information can be found on their Facebook page or at toomuchmetal.com as well. All right, Simon, uh, you have something that you are very interested to talk about because... Uh, when you think about soccer, you think about the, the local game, you know, the domestic game, you think about the international level. Nothing is bigger, of course, than the World Cup, correct? Absolutely. So the World Cup is supposedly making some changes in the next couple of oh, years. Oh, it's not supposedly. Unanis unanimously voted on to increase the field to 48 teams, starting Why? with the 2026. The worst part is, Baxter, here's the worst part. 16 groups... Of three teams. You, uh. so that means teams will get two games guaranteed. That's it. That's just no. Which I feel like is a little bit more demand, though, because then you have to be good. Well, that's just it. In, in fact, it's, it's about one thing, Baxter. Let me... little sound effect for you. Oh, I'm not done yet. I'm going to let it oh, play okay, a little longer. Okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah, FIFA has made no qualms <laughs> about this, Baxter. That's that amazing. It is about the money. They're 100%. talking about they're, and they've come out and said they're they're talking about generating an extra billion dollars because of this. Well, yeah, you're going from 32 to 48, 48 teams. teams. I just I, I can see the perspective of you know now the teams need to be even better, but how many of those group games are going to just be washes well, because you're going to have like Thailand in there against you know Brazil. Well, and, and even then, you know, maybe you do get some other countries that do deserve to be there or, or, or still uh, maybe that second level of elite teams, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, but, but my thing is, is you look at the qualifying process, that for me is really what gets diluted yeah. now. You've got 16 extra teams, depending on how the, uh, you know, figure out who's going to take those spots, mm -hmm. South America this is my big point. Only has 10 teams in its, feder in its confederation. Yeah. You could literally see them get five seeds, and they don't have to do any type of qualifying process. Yeah. Or, hey, maybe they get two more seeds, so now they're at seven. That means 70% of South American teams are going to make the World Cup. It's almost, it, you're, you're diluting the product, basically. And so is it going to be just the group winner advances, not second and well, first and I second? I think that is the idea. That, you're going to yeah, have 16 teams. So they're teams. not going to have a second round? Right, they go to a round of they sixteen. Just go around a sixteen immediately, which makes sense. I oh, that's, guess. No, that that would be the second round. Round of sixteen, Sorry. and then yeah. you go to quarters and blah blah blah. After and that. Infantino, the the president of FIFA right now, has said the reason they they want to do sixteen groups of three teams is because they want to keep the tournament still within a month, and that would really be the only way to do it. Yet on the other side, of that he also says, but we haven't settled on anything yet. But mm -hmm. look, Concacaf Champions League, they they have three teams in their groups, eight groups of three teams. Yep, it, it's. It's just it's not as it, you don't have as much drama with a three team three team group you really as you don't. do with a four team group. Exactly. You know, and, and other people have said, why don't you do something like eight groups of six teams? You I'd know, then, then you that. have the, the the top two teams make the round of sixteen. I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. Well, one of the teams that's obviously going to be trying to get in there is the U.S. men's national team. Absolutely. And we're going to be curious to see what they do, especially now with Bruce Arena calling in his first batch of players. 32 players into the January camp, five goalkeepers, 10 defenders, 12 midfielders, and a partridge and a pear tree with five forwards. Uh, some surprises, some rewards for some long-lost players, and then, of course, you've got Jermaine Jones on this roster, who has just no business beyond here. But that's a whole other topic. You still I have Chris like. Wondolowski on the team as well. I, yeah, Chris Wondolowski doesn't need to be on here. Jermaine Jones doesn't need to be on here. But... I'm excited to see guys like Dax McCarty, Darlington Nagby, Chris Pontius, I think is going to be interesting. He had a great year for D.C. United, or Phil 
Philadelphia, pardon me. He was at D.C. He swapped over. Uh, I think it's going to be good to see him. Stephen Fry is on this list as well, too, from the Seattle Sounders. I don't necessarily think he's the future, but I think he's being rewarded for his, his great MLS season. Well, and why not give him a look? I mean, that's spectacular. You, know. you know, you don't call up a player for one single save, but that spectacular save that he had in the MLS Cup does show his talent level. So I, and most of these players I'm okay with, but when you do see players like Chris Wondolowski, mm-hmm. Jermaine Jones, you, you kind of shake your head and go, wait, what? I thought we were done with this stuff. Yeah, I, I'm a little confused. Maybe I missed something, but Graham Zussi's listed as a defender. Did I? Did he make a transition that I just that I must have missed? Uh, I, I don't have the article here, Baxter. Arena did come out and talk about that. I, I, I think it may have been on a Facebook Live. I wish I could remember what he said. I hmm. don't have that here, but that, that is outside. not a mistake. Maybe he's the left back of the future, Graham Zusi. <laughs> hopefully, I don't know. Uh, I'm really excited to see Sebastian uh, Legit and Kikuta Mane as well from Vancouver. Absolutely. If you get Mane and Nagby running up the the wings along with some of the other speedy guys on this team could really be a dynamic attack with Zardes mixed in there. We know what Morris can do. Juan Agandelo's got a nice call-up as well, too, from his time with the Revolution. There's a lot of players on this team that I think folks have been hoping and praying we're going to finally get a chance, and now this is going to be the chance to really showcase if they really deserve to be. Maybe Jurgen Klinsmann wasn't as crazy as some people thought, or well, maybe he was. you do look at the midfield scene, Kellen Acosta in there, Dax McCarty in there, Sasha Kleschen in there, uh, along with the names that you were talking about. That's that's exciting to see those players in there. I'm I'm a little surprised. I'm sorry, no, uh, Benny Fellhaber as well. I was going to say, yeah, I'm surprised I was going to say, him, but Fellhaber's in there Benny as well. Fel- you've been calling for that for for years, basically. As long oh, as the yeah. show's been around, you basically yeah, have been calling. True, very true. Almost two years, Simon has been pushing hard for Benny Fellhaber. And I'm not alone in that. There's been a no. lot of U.S. fans saying, "Hey, what's the deal here?" Agreed. I completely agree. Uh, flipping over quickly to the women because we have to get to our first break here in just a moment. Uh, Jill Ellis calling in four goalkeepers, seven defenders, eleven midfielders, and seven forwards. She did also just add Sarah Kilton or Killian as well to the roster, but some some young college players and then some seasoned veterans also. We're going to talk to one of them here shortly, Ali Long. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment, though. But uh, Taylor Smith from Western New York Flash, a new name on there. Uh, the new looks, though, of uh, Crystal Dunn with Chelsea, uh, Alex Morgan with Leon. Will that make a difference? But Amy Rodriguez returning after giving birth and uh, rehab. No Sydney LaRue. I was maybe a tad surprised by that, but. I'm curious to see what Amy Rodriguez still has left in the tank. Well, I think the big thing you take away from this roster, at least for me, is those players that Jill Ellis has called up before from the NWSL mm-hmm. that hadn't gotten an opportunity. Many of them have been called back. So says a lot about those players. You had mentioned Crystal Dunn, Jessica McDonald on there as well. So it shows that, that these NWSL players had shown well in their last camp and and hopefully they'll do the same in this upcoming camp. And you and I were a little critical of Jess McDonald as well too with her time for the national team and we know she's obviously a good friend of the show and you know she's gone through a lot of adversity but we were a little concerned though based off of what we saw from her in you know her touches weren't as sharp as we thought they were going to be she didn't even get on the field for a ton of time but I think Jill Ellis is saying look Jess McDonald is a is a workhorse she's going to really bring some sort of a new spirit to this team and I want to see what she can do a second time. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that was you know earlier in the season. Later in the season, we did, we did see her get more playing time and, and starting to score a bunch of goals. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, we're going to run to our first break. Uh, when we come back, Allie Long will be here to join us. Stay tuned. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub.
Welcome back inside the Attention Era Media Studios. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, wrapping up that first segment, talking about the World Cup expanding to 48 teams in 2026. It's funny how, like, you talk about, you know, the 2018 World Cup, and it just, it's, uh, it seems so far away. So thinking about the 2026 World Cup, like, oh, that seems years away, but... It, life flies by way too fast, honestly. I mean, my son is two months old already. I swear he's right. I swear my wife was just pregnant. Where does time go, Simon? <laughs> well, you told me you, you're, one of your daughters is going to high school high next school year. High school next year. Yes. Wow. Crazy. Life flies by way too fast. All right. Anyway, uh, we get to jump into our first interview today. Uh, joining us on the shopfutsal.com, Colin Line is a lady that has done an absolutely incredible job reinvigorating, I think some people might say, her, her national team career. She's been a staple in the NWSL as long as she's been playing. She is a midfielder for the Portland Thorns. And now she finds herself, uh, of course, with the U.S. Women's National Team for the January camp. It's Allie Long, and she joins us now. Allie, welcome to Two Up Front. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Allie. We are thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, First and foremost, uh, congratulations on another call-up to the Women's National Team. Uh, Thank you. you. What are you most excited about this upcoming camp? Is there anything specific you're you're hoping to to kind of refine your craft a little bit more on? Um, well, we've had kind of a long break, and we haven't played since November, and so it's just really good just to get back with the team, and um, just there's a bunch of new faces, um, just kind of training together, getting in a routine again, and kind of just getting back into it and, and being in that environment, and um, obviously away from camp, I've been um, working on my game and doing all different types of stuff but um when you're in camp it's kind of just time to just come as a team and and work hard and get after it hey Allie, this is simon the uh, the other host on the show so you're talking about the january camp uh not only are you going to be there but you got plenty of thorns teammates as well adriana french tobin heath your your good friend of course tobin heath lindsey haran and Mm -hmm. emily sonnet Mm -hmm. you know looking at this as a club picture as well how important is it to be training with fellow teammates in the off season like this but at such a high level i think that um when we get back together with the thorns um it just kind of helps us like help lead our team and um i think a lot of the reason why we were really successful last last year was not only um mark obviously and our team and everything but i think that um away from soccer we I mean, like, when we were away from the Thorns, like, our core starting group um, was still trained together, was even, like, elevated with the environment on the national team. Um, and I think that just has helped us remain sharp and um, together and cohesive, kind of, in a sense. And um, when we get back to uh, the Thorns, you know, we we kind of um, implement everything together and, and just stay together and um, just get training in and, and continue to build as a team. And I think that definitely shows how, I mean, you know, with Portland doing as well as they did last season, and you yourself, I mean, you played in 15 total regular season games. You had six goals and two assists. Uh, Simon, I think, was a little bit more open because he follows Portland a little bit closer than I do. But uh, he was a little bit more open about how you were playing last season as a whole and was very, you know, complimentary of it. I was a little bit more distant, not because I don't think you're a good <laughs> player, but just because I was following different teams. You know, I'm a Houston Dash fan at heart. 
But that's uh, fine. That's <laughs> so please forgive me for I, my allegiance. I have allegiance. to forgive him daily for that. He does. <laughs> he does. It's a it's a it's a it's a hard thing to do some days. But uh, I, I was I was telling Simon a couple of months ago saying that when you were you know coming out of I felt at least you were kind of having this resurgence, especially at the club level. Were you feeling the same, or were you? Do you feel like your 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 career has been on this? This upward track, and last season was just a, a high a high note for you. Or were you extra critical and say, well, "Last season could have been better"? Actually, um, so I every season I set a goal that I want to come back and like be better than the next season, and I want to work on things that I wasn't as good or as my weaknesses or different things in the off season, and kind of just and continue to grow my strength and just come back into the next season and and do really well. And um, I think. To be honest, the season before this one um, was probably my best season because, I mean, I scored more goals um, and I just was involved in, like, a lot, a lot. This, um, as, like, a personal level player, but as, like, an all-around, like, team and, like, my growth as a player, I think this year has been definitely, like, by far my my best, like, growth, personal, all-around um level like on a team and and just um i've been playing like i guess the year before that i was playing attacking mid or two years before i was playing like attacking mid mm-hmm. and um and then for me my strength is like a holding mid like a box-to-box mid and just kind of defending and attacking i'm not like a 10 at all um so last year i was playing true six and then when Amadine came we kind of balanced each other when she would go up i was saying and when i would go up she would um i mean when she would say I would go up and it kind of, um, we balance each other really well. And so I think like that, the people around me have, have also like enabled me to be, um, successful and do what I do best. And I think previously, um, obviously I'm definitely growing as a player, but I don't think that I was surrounded by the players that I have been. And I've been like so grateful and they're just awesome teammates and awesome players all around. And I and I think that that's a true testament too to you know how you've been able to grow out the throughout the season. So thank you for your honesty with that too. Sometimes you get certain players, you know, you ask them about their their career development as a whole, and some players will say, "Well, yeah, this season was my best." But it's good that you were consistently trying to get better. And I think that's a testament to why we have seen you in the national mm-hmm. team a lot more recently as well. Um, yeah, for sure. One one of the things I'm curious about too is uh, you spent some time uh, in France back in 2011 and 12 playing for PSG. You've gone on loan to Chelsea as well. We've seen some of the more notable women's national team players in Crystal Dunn and Alex Morgan uh, make full transfers over to Europe. Uh, do you think mm-hmm. that's going to continue to be a trend with some of the national team players or just other players from NWSL because of some of the financial issue that's that have been going on with the league? I think that... Um I don't want to say it's solely financial. I think that also the problem with our league and the NWSL is amazing, and I'm so grateful of it because there's nothing like playing the best like competitive soccer in the USA. Um, so that being said, it's, it is the best league in the world competitive-wise. Um, I think the problem is that when you when our season ends in October, it's like okay, you have a break in November, or for most NWSL players, you have a break, and then national team players, you get back into camp. But like, if you want to develop, for me, my develop your development is solely in your hands. So for me, I've had my husband plays football, and I've had I've been able to play in these like intense leagues and like getting in games, whether it's like 
indoor or like 88 i'm playing in games and i'm i'm playing against people and it's like so intense and really high level um like that pushes me whereas some players don't have that i don't think anyone else really really has that maybe they play pickup or this and that but it's not consistent and i think that like alex crystal other players everyone wants to develop and, and be the best player that they can be and oh, so of course i yeah. think for that they want games they want training and i think um that is like it's almost not even thinking about the money side of it it's almost like well i need to and if there's any time to do it it's like now or next year because then the world cup starts and uh so i i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't put a limit on alex and crystal but um i also know that every like everyone loves even alex and Crystal. they love having a league in the u.s um i think for Alex's club Orlando, they're new. There's a lot of young players. Training environment isn't necessarily pushing her. So um, I think her move is more for her development as a player and growth. And um, I think that it's smart and this is the time to do it. So I don't know how many more players will do it, but I'm not going to say that they're just the only two. There could be more, but um, it just really depends on their situation. And, and I think it shows that they're like really determined to be like, the best that they can be. We're talking with Ellie Long here on Two Up Front on the shopfutsal.com call in line. Ellie, coming back to this side of the pond, talking about development, talking about the offseason in two days is the NWSL college draft, something, of course, unique to American soccer. Of course, your coach, Mark mm-hmm. Parsons, is going to be making all the decisions. Listen, you guys came very close to uh, lifting the cup last year. Of course, you were beating the semifinals. Broke my heart as well uh, in the <laughs> semifinals. Bummer about that. Of course. <laughs> uh, but you were Supporter Shield winners. So if, if you were in charge of this draft, what are the things you would be looking for for the Portland Thorns uh, with the four picks that you have? Um, with our, our 14th pick um, as our first pick, which is really crazy. But... Um, Honestly, I feel that, like, something that Mark has done is kind of, like, a, a team takes a while to grow, and I think a lot of teams in the NWSL, like, they're, they'll, all these great players will be put on the field, and they're, like, either successful or they're, like, they're not up to where everyone expects them to be, and it's like, okay, but, like, it takes time to, like, grow and to learn players and to... Um, especially when you're only playing like 24 games in a season and then you go away for six months and everyone goes to different environments. So um, I think that like he's remained the same team and, and kind of like uh, there's not many changes from our team. And I think that's done on purpose. I think that the only thing maybe we can add more depth um, coming off the bench. I think like our starting 11 is, is great. And I think that, um, you know, I know Kling has a little back thing, so so maybe a defender. But um, I think our team is great, and um, I I don't know. It's going to be tough because any college player coming into the Thorns is uh, you have to be ready to perform. So no kidding, it, yeah. <laughs> it would be up to them, you know. To me, I feel like if if you're if you're good enough and you can get drafted, now it's what you do with the opportunity. And I think that um, Mark is. A football guy he's intelligent and he loves the game and he'll he'll pick someone that um everyone's going to get along with because he does his research he makes sure that they're good people off the field too and um and yeah and he's going to get someone that's going to be able to sit right in and and help us and i i'm curious i'm actually curious to see where what he's going to do with it um well that's what that, positions. yeah that's that's what i've spoken to him but i'm kind of waiting for a surprise too <laughs> 
That's definitely one thing that we know about, Mark. Uh, there, there was an article that came out that basically said the day after Portland lost in the semifinals, he was already watching tape on college players, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I, I completely believe Yeah, that. he loves the game. He loves watching soccer. I mean, he he's I, I have all my trust in him, and I know he's whoever he picks is um, is going to be great. Obviously, they're not in they're not the top pick, but um, I think that there's so much talent in the youth that a 14th pick is probably just as good as a, top, a first round top pick. Absolutely. Well, Ellie, we got to let you run as much fun as we're having. Thank you so much for coming on 2 <laughs> Up Front today. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Ellie. We really appreciate it, and I uh, hope we can do this again with you sometime soon. Of course, guys. Thank you um, so much for having me. Anytime, Allie. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Allie Long on the ShopFootsall.com call-in line. As you probably heard, our next guest is rated and eager to talk to us. So Caroline Stanley of Sky Blue FC will be joining us on the other side of the break. Stay with us. It's 2 Up Front, presented by 3 Lines Pub. Up front, presented by Three Lines Pub, here from the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Fantastic interview in our last segment with U.S. Women's National Team midfielder and Portland Thorns midfielder. Let's not forget about Portland in there. Allie Long, I try to forget about it sometimes, but uh, when she wears the red, white, and blue, I don't care who you play for, but once you put the club jersey on, that's where things might get a little, little you're, hairy. You're supposed to be unbiased when I you're actually <laughs> on the air, though. <laughs> I know. I could tell. She, she was fine with it. She's like, no. She, she, she consoled me on being a Dash fan. I, I appreciate that, Allie. Thank you. It was a rebuilding year for the Dash. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. Anyway, time to move on uh, to our second guest joining us uh, on the shopfutsal.com. Colin Line, a team that you and I were, what's the right word for it? Surprised by? Befuddled by? Confused by? I think befuddled. Befuddled, befuddled by. A because bit. we didn't ever really know anytime Sky Blue FC went on the field what we were going to get. That was just the honest truth. We've had other players on the show in the past with Taylor Lytle and others that have been on, and we're like, so, so explain to us what what's going on, and even the players sometimes are like, you know what? It's just been kind of a crazy year, and I'm hoping. Well, even even Christy Holly had came out and said yeah. the same thing. It was it was pretty much up and down, and trying to think, uh, you know, figure things out. Exactly. Well, we get to have another player from Sky Blue on the show now. Hopefully, she can maybe put it together a little bit more. She had probably one, some people might say the best seat in the house for at least eleven games this season by playing goalkeeper. It's Caroline Stanley, and she joins us now on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line, Caroline. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, Caroline. We are thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, 11 games for you in goal this season for Sky Blue FC. I don't know if you heard our banter there before we brought you on, but can you shed a little <laughs> bit more light on now that you've had a full season to really kind of digest? It was kind of all over the place. You would be, you'd beat teams you weren't supposed to beat. You'd lose the teams. Some people would say <laughs> you're not supposed to lose to. And then when the dust settled, you almost made the playoffs. Can you, can you give us yeah. a bit more of a thought about what 2016 was for you and Sky Blue? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I can try my best, but, uh, you know, sometimes we're just as confused, I think, that uh, as everyone else was. Um, we had a great squad this year, but I think what the main thing was, there were so many new faces, um, myself included. And it's, I mean, there's no secret that every team has just tons of depth with talent. And I think that for us, it was about trying to come together and kind of get that consistency and um, like you said, sometimes there are games where we'd come out with a win and we weren't shocked because we, we put things together that we knew we needed to. And other times it just didn't go our way. Um, but what I will say is I feel really good about where we are, where we finished the year and how we're going to start up this next season. And, and you, like you said, this is your first season with with Sky Blue. You were at Seattle in 2015. Uh, you obviously had to sit the opportunity behind to sit behind Hope Solo and learn from one. Some people might say arguably one of the best goalkeepers from the women's game, or just in general, to ever play. What did you mm-hmm. What did you take from watching so watching watching soap watching Hope? Um, <laughs> a, anyway, I'm just going to walk away from that. What did you learn from Hope Solo uh, while you were there in Seattle? While I still have a little bit of dignity left in my mouth here. Holy cow! <laughs> it's okay. My grandma calls her Soap Holo. So oh, perfect. I'm not the only one. On Good. As long one. as it wasn't Han Solo that you were learning for, I think you got everything. Hey, I, I think my brothers called her that a few times too. <laughs> um, Star Wars nerd, but no, you know what? I think an easier question would be almost what I didn't learn from Mm. her. I think that I had a pretty wild college career. I had three different coaching staffs and ended my college career with the staff that's now at USC, the um, national championship staff. (laughs) Uh, Uh, If anyone anyone didn't hear, Um, (laughs) so you know, I didn't, I didn't get that consistent training. And I was a starter my entire time through college, so I never even had a chance to learn from an older, experienced goalkeeper. And what better goalkeeper to go learn from than the most experienced goalkeeper? I mean, it was truly kind of a Cinderella season. I I was just hoping to make the team and hoping to get through that one-month preseason trial and kind of get get my bearings straight before she came in after a month from national team duties. And I think that she just really took the time to break things down with me and to explain things to me and to compliment me on the things that I was doing well. And that entire goalkeeper core they had there that year was just incredible. The coach, Ben Dravagon, I can't say enough about him or Haley Kottmeyer, really. I mean, it was just so solid. And that's a tough group to break into. They're a tight-knit group. And once you do break in and feel comfortable, it's just such a learning environment. And it's hope learning, too. And I think that's what was so great was seeing the humility from her that she's still so hungry to learn. And it was um, very motivating for me as a young rookie to see the process of what it takes to be the world's greatest goalkeeper. 
Well, speaking of international play, you're no stranger to the international scene. You've spent a lot of time with the youth, youth national teams, but talk about a goalkeeping core now with the uh, you know with the senior women's national team. Any talk whatsoever about uh, our aspirations on on your side of someday getting called up to the senior level? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Missouri, and I didn't really know what the national team was I just knew who Abby Wambach was and then as I got a little bit older I quickly realized who Hope Solo was and I fell in love with the national team and there wasn't a lot of coverage but um, I think that as a kid who goes to the youth national team you kind of get a taste of what it's like and it definitely motivates you or I think it kind of makes some players shrink down and they can't handle it but I definitely wouldn't still be playing if my aspirations weren't to get a call-up. I think that's how a lot of girls in the league are. And if you're not, that's okay, too, because you've reached the great milestone of being a professional goalkeeper, a professional athlete. But for me, ever since I was probably eight years old, it's always been my dream to someday get that call-up and that opportunity to represent your country at the senior level. I don't think there's anything like that. And that youth, that youth program and that youth system just gives you a small taste of the pride and the responsibility and how much you have to just grind day in and day out to be able to wear that jersey. So, um, I, I mean, there's no talks that I've heard of of me ever getting a call up, but it doesn't make me, um, for a second stop working hard and dreaming for that. And to be fair, you're also very young in your career as well, too. I mean, you're only in your second professional season. You're you know, the, the young age of 23. Some might say you have your whole life ahead of you still to, to get the national team <laughs> call-up. I mean, we're seeing ladies like Jess McDonald getting called up for the first time. In 28, 29. Her, yeah, yeah, so a lot can happen within a season. It's you know, one save, one you know, incredible moment that can all of a sudden trigger you know, the national team staff to be like, we need to get this girl Stanley on the national team. She seems <laughs> to be on the right track. Um, Caroline, I, I want to step aside from soccer for a moment talk about one of the things you do off the field uh you uh correct me if i'm wrong you're an ambassador for the young and brave foundation uh which is a non yes, which, yes. which is a non-profit organization that supports children with cancer i would love to hear a little bit more about your role with that and why you got involved yes sir so i i got hooked up with one of the co-founders of the young and brave my senior year of college and i had heard a little bit about them but i mean it's just something that's really near and dear to my heart um we had a cousin who had a baby who unfortunately had a brain tumor and she lived to be a year and a half old and just seeing how um one of the things young and brave say is it's not just one child who gets cancer not it's not just one mom that gets cancer it's it's the family that Mm -hmm. gets cancer and there's so many studies that are done about positive attitude and just feeling loved through the entire process that truly helps heal the human spirit and in turn make them stronger to try to get through that chemo. And obviously at the end of the day, it's a very ugly disease, but something that the Young and Brave really focuses on is just giving that unconditional love through the entire process of it. And Matt and Nathaniel, they're just, they're incredible and they've dedicated their lives to this. And, you know, they're, they're guys who've, like Matt will tell you, he's made a million, he's lost a million, and he finally said he wanted something more from life, and he said there's nothing as fulfilling as helping these these families through such hardship, and 
um, it's been incredible to get to meet some of these warriors, these kids who are fighting. And, um, you know, sometimes you feel like you've had a bad day at work or you're tired and you haven't had enough sleep. And then you just think about these kiddos who, you know, they're never going to be able to run around with their friends or go to prom. And it's not something meant to make people feel guilty, but it's just the truth. And hopefully it will make people just take a step back and breathe and feel a little bit more grateful for the things they have in life. Um, I know it's definitely given me perspective through things that at the end of the day, they matter, but at the end of your life, you're not going to be so upset about a presidential four-year term. You're not going to be so upset about the party you didn't get to go to or, you know, just simple things that at the end of your life, they don't matter. And my mom always says, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't waste five minutes worrying over that. And so I think that it's just given me perspective personally, and it's just really inspiring to see these kids just fighting and still have a smile on their face and able to do some of the things they love through all of that pain. Yeah, I know what you're talking about first half, Caroline. I've got a niece um, that's been battling cancer for about a year now. She's gone through six weeks of treatment up at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, but uh, things are things are looking good for her. She's back at school three hours a day now. Yesterday was her first oh, day back. Good, she's been good. she's a, a big a big dancer. She actually did four straight dances over the weekend. Um, so oh, wow. Everything you're saying it, it is it is amazing. First of all, that it is the family that gets cancer. Watching my brother and sister in law and mm-hmm. and her brothers as well. Um, you know, having to deal with this. It, it really it, it does it put things in perspective. So I just I personally want to thank you for for the work that you are doing. It's 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 very much needed. Yeah, I would 100 no, percent agree I, with that. I feel like I, I feel like I don't do much. I feel like at the end of the day, like you know, I think sometimes you get a little big and you think, oh, I'm going to go into this hospital and hand out some toys at Christmas or um, you know show these kids, oh, like I'm an athlete and. You're like, oh, it's going to make their day. And then I always leave like in tears and feel like so just grateful for everything. And it's really them who end up impacting you a lot more than you'll ever impact them. So I just think it's so great. And, yeah, and just kind of to, to close on that, too, it's it's a moment, too. You never know what moment that might end up happening with it. You might think it's big or small. You never know whose life you might be impacting, you know. And you said it, too. The kids are impacting you just as much as you might be impacting them as well, Caroline. So uh, yeah. we, we are so grateful that you took some time out of your busy schedule to join us, Caroline. Uh, we hope to do this again with you sometime soon if it works out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. You guys are great. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Caroline. We'll talk soon. There goes Caroline Stanley of Sky Blue FC on the shopfutsal.com call in line. When we come back, we are going to talk about something that we love so much, MLS, and what this new Division 2, Provisional 2, whatever stuff means. And I'm sure Simon's got a thought about that. Plus, uh, some other great stuff we'll talk about as well, and we'll close out the show. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us.
back here inside the Attention Era Media Studios. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Two absolutely incredible interviews. If we could power rank our interviews, Simon, I feel like those two that we just had with Allie Long and Caroline Stanley would have to be top ten, I'd feel like, on in Two Up Front show history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, great insight from Allie and, and her honesty, as you had mentioned on the air, was great to hear. Uh, Caroline, not only hearing about her on-the-field career, but her off-the-field passion as well. Exactly. I think that, that it speaks that uh, soccer is more than just a game. You're, you're impacting lives in numerous ways, and I think her work off the field is something that needs to be highlighted more. You know, the one thing I wanted to ask her, but we ran out of time, is what it's, what's it like at practice when Christy Holly yells out, Hey, Caroline! You know, do, do, do both uh, do both goalkeepers sort of like, go, what? what? <laughs> Who are you talking to? We'll have to have, we'll, yeah, we'll have to have her back on just, exactly. to, just to clear that and up. And ask Christy, too. Be like, I'm sure playing sports, and I'm sure you know this, too, everybody's a last name. Absolutely. Know, Proban, yeah. Yeah. Or, or some nickname that goes yeah. along with it. You're like, wait, where did you get that? Sometimes people get the most random nicknames with their when they're careers. Did you have any random nicknames? Nah, you know, the... That my my two nicknames were Cy, which of course is short for Simon, and then the other was Provy, which is Pro-V. just a, yeah. But I, all of us, all me and my sister and my older brothers, all of us, that was our nickname, Provy. Provy. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. I, uh, How about you? Did you have a, any um, odd nicknames? I was well. I I was given to me when I was in high school as Backstar. People uh, would make fun of me, uh, call me Backstar. Sure. And then sure. I used that on Twitter for a while, and people were like, oh, people would just call me by my username, like, at Backstar20. I'm like, why Why is that what you call me? I'm like, I could have had a hundred <laughs> different nicknames, and you call me by what my Twitter handle is. I'm like, that's No, I've been, I've been called other things. Yeah, oh, I have uh, too. You know. <laughs> I have too. Most of them in foreign languages <laughs> yes. playing in Florida, but uh, still, there was a lot of fun. That's all the Spanish you speak, isn't it? <laughs> Some days it feels like that's all I know. I'm like, what do you know in Spanish? Ah, you don't want me to tell you, honestly. All right, uh, Simon, I, I've been, this happened uh, a couple of days ago, and I wanted to get your thoughts about it because we've talked about it on the show before. Um, the USL and NASL, we thought NASL was dead. We thought it was going away. We thought if the Cosmos were going to leave, it was all going to fall apart. Well, and, and for me, you know, that's what everybody kept saying, but, but for me it was actually, it wasn't just the Cosmos, it was the number of teams that would be left in the NASL. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be eight NASL teams. So if you of which, of Cosmos, which is, one Cosmos of is one of them. If you haven't heard, U.S. Soccer granted provisional Division II status to USL and NASL. Now, they said that neither team fully met... Candy the, for everyone! Yes. Yay! Yay! Everybody gets a ribbon. Uh, every Neither league fully matched what being a true Division Two status is in the grand scheme of American soccer, apparently, which I feel like American soccer could make it whatever they want to if they really wanted to. But So they both are going to be provisional, which I wonder if there's going to be a new Super League that comes from USL and ASL next year? I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know what so. this is. What does so, this so mean? The, so the provisional, just to clarify for everyone, really the big thing for the NASL is this being their sixth year, they're supposed to be playing with 12 teams. They're only playing with eight, yep. so they needed a waiver for that. Uh, they do have three teams in three different time zones, which is one of the requirements of Division Two. with yep. Puerto Rico being in the Atlantic time zone. So, that, of course, you have teams on San Francisco on the West Coast, yep. all the other teams on the East Coast. Uh, so so that, that fulfills the, that requirement. Uh, the thing for USL is they have a number of teams that don't meet the stadium seating requirement. Yep, that was the big thing. Right. Uh, and then, of course, there's, there's other things in there that had to be waived as well. Uh, interesting, I was listening to another show this morning in which the USL commissioner was talking about every league in America up to this point needs a waiver of some sort for the tier status that they're at. NWSL has a bunch of them being a Division One status. It wasn't until this year 
that MLS actually was playing waiver free, which I didn't realize. I didn't realize that yeah. either. Uh, so, so interesting to hear that. The big thing for me is is what this means. No, they're not going to become one huge league. The USSF basically did that the first time that yeah. both these leagues were at uh, Division Two status. But what it means is that in 12 months, they're going to revisit all of this. I hope so. Have they made progress on what they said they would make progress on? Uh, part of this, I think it, it really, big part of it is just politics. They knew if NASL was bumped down to Division Three, that was the end of NASL. Mm-hmm. And they knew that if they kept the USL at Division Three status but gave all these waivers to the NASL, USL would not be happy anymore. Also so true. it's it for me. It comes down to making these teams happy or these these leagues happy. Now the NASL, I give them credit, Baxter. They've been very humble through all of this. Good, they needed uh, to be. Bill Peterson, their commissioner, actually just recently stepped down or was fired. We're not we're not quite sure, but but he's no longer the commissioner. Mm-hmm. And and he was one of the guys, firstly saying we are going to compete with MLS. NASL isn't talking about that anymore. They're talking about how how do we remain, how do we keep our Division Two status now. Moving forward, so in the end, as as much as I'm, you know, making fun of participation awards and all that, I think this this could end up being a really good thing for soccer in the U.S. Do you see a? Well, I wasn't. Uh, so you you basically said that you would shut down any sort of a merger, basically between USL and NASL next year or the Listen, following the, year. They're, they're two different business models. I just don't think it would happen. There w- there would have to be, you know, the NASL is more of the every owner has their own team. Whereas the USL, of course, you've got the development squads in MLS. Then you do have your independent teams. Then you kind of have your hybrids of the two. Um, so I, I don't think a merger would be possible. What you may see, like Tampa Bay dropping into another league, but I think at some point you got to sort out who's Division Three and who's Division Two. And maybe it's not to. these leagues. Maybe it is a different league. But this is going to be the first time in, in just about a decade that we actually will not have a Division Three league in the United States. And the NPSL didn't apply for any Division Oh, well, there's no way it could. No. Yeah. Are they technically Division Four? I think they're Division Four. Technically, yeah. And Even the NPSL the, yeah. is growing, though, too. Sure. I mean, you talk about over, was, I think it's over 50 teams or something like that that they've well, got. Well, when you've got successful teams like uh, Chattanooga FC, yeah. uh, Detroit City FC, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, is, it is a growing league. Yeah. Or a, was it AFC Cleveland, I think, is another one. I think that's another. I think they went to the final this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're a USL team. Are they really? Yes. Why did I think they were? Uh, maybe I'm mixing up my... Maybe there's the year 23s or something, because Indy well, 11 the, has the, a... The positive thing out of this, Baxter, is is we can't even keep teams straight anymore because there's so many teams mm-hmm. in the United States, which, which is, is a good which thing. Which is a great thing. Now, it, it could be a bad thing, too, though. Obviously, I lived through the period of, hey, here's a new team. Goodbye, new team. Hey, mm-hmm. here's another new team. Goodbye, new team. Hey, here's a new team. Oh, wait, they're not even going to kick off yet. We're getting beyond that point, which is a great thing in American what soccer. What about Miami FC or whoever? David Beckham United, Real Madrid, whatever FC... You know how I feel about that whole thing. Uh, let's get it together. Give David. up on Miami. Give move it. elsewhere. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, MLS, I think, as a whole, though, like you said, they're in an entirely new spot. They're moving forward. They've got two new great expansion teams joining in Atlanta and Minnesota this year. LAFC joins next season also. The MLS, I think, overall, I think you'd be, I think you should say you're pretty happy with MLS, wouldn't you say? Well, again, this is, I know there's a lot of people who are going to say it's a joke league because they don't have promotion relegation. I get that, but those tend to be the people who didn't live through the late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s. Well, all the way through the early 90s when, yeah. you know, indoor soccer was the big sport for, for the game. Yep. And again, uh, I have brothers who played professionally indoor. Yeah. It, it's a, it, it was a game that kept the name of soccer alive in the United States. So I've got nothing but good things to say about uh, NPSL, the 
National Premier Soccer League, which was the indoor league the real for many MPSL years. Back yes. in the day. Now um, it's the MASL, Major Arena Soccer League. Yep, yep. Um, but my, my point is, is to still be living in a time where we have a healthy first division league that's bringing in decent players and that is developing players. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still, Baxter, it is literally a dream come true for this 40-year-old. It is, and I think that you have every right to, to be excited about it. I mean, even for someone like myself who has continuously started to follow a little bit more MLS since, you know, basically, yeah. Probably the, the mid-2000s is basically when I really started to follow, you know, a little bit more. And I, I think that MLS has done the right things. I mean, they're they're on their way. They're not expanding too fast. That was always the big concern, as you mentioned, too. The teams come, the teams go. But um, Well, I think they have a, the, the big thing is, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. they have a vetting process with their ownership. Yeah. You know, this isn't like the old NASL where it was, oh, you want to be in here? Oh, you got that much money? Cool, let's do it. Yes. You know, they're, they're very critical. Now, I, I will say, I personally would like them to slow down with expansion mm-hmm. because I want teams to have a roster and actually know that they can have that roster for more than two years. True. That is very true. These expansion drafts, you just, you know, and, the, and then as we saw in this latest round of expansion drafts, there's a lot of behind the door deals going on of, okay, we won't pick this guy if, uh, you know, if you, if you give us this. Yeah. So we'll, we'll honestly have to see, I guess, what comes out of that. Um, Speaking of something else, I think that I think needs to be warranted a little bit is a thank God moment. Um, yes, is what happened yeah. with FC Dallas uh, defender Ryan Hollinghead. And you know a little bit more about it than I do, Simon. But uh, from what I've heard, uh, Ryan and his family were uh, helping a car that was stranded uh, down uh, in Dallas, I believe, or off off of it. My my phone's being a little iffy here with me, but uh, he was he's recovering after being hit and thrown 30 feet in the air while trying to help a stranded driver in Irving, Texas. And he's a midfielder, by the way, so pardon me for that. But um, it's it's scary things like that, that, you know, you're just trying to do the right thing and cars aren't paying attention on the highway and well, look, taken and, out. And here's a guy who, he was drafted by FC Dallas in 2013, and he actually said, no thanks, my brother's building a church in another country and I want to go help him do that. That's incredible. Uh, and it's also incredible that FC Dallas said, okay, well, well let's talk again in a year. And yeah. he actually ended up signing with them. Uh, in December of 2013 and then started playing in 2014. But the scary part about this, Baxter, this is out of Fox 4 in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akindali was there to uh, to check to check on Ryan, and apparently Ryan, for the first 30 seconds after being hit, couldn't feel anything in his body. So he, he thought he was completely paralyzed. Mm. Um, he's, he's, let's see here. I'm, I'm going to... I want to make sure I get this right. So he's fractured his cervical vertebrae, his C2, C3, and C4. You know, for him to be able to walk away with this, doctors basically said you'll be in a neck brace for six to eight weeks, and you should be fine. That's That's incredible. amazing. That's, that's a God thing right there. I know he might be going through current pain now, but to, number one, not die, and number two, have possibilities to, to maybe return. It might be a long road for him to return after especially breaking things, you know, in his spine. But Yeah, in fact, uh, Baxter, he had said that his very first thought after he l- hit the ground was, I'm probably dead. Mm-hmm. You know, and for him to be able to walk away from that and and yeah, have, have some vertebrae fracture, uh, but still to be able to have all the feeling to be there with his wife and kids still, and of course, you know, a great team like Teshawak and Delhi coming in and checking on the guy. Mm-hmm. It's overall... If, if we want to talk about one thing in MLS, that's a great thing to talk about. You're absolutely right. That brotherhood as well, too. All right, we're going to run to a final break. When we come back, we will wrap things up and uh, see what else is available in the soccer world to chat about for the last couple of minutes. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. 
Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where Across the Pond is now across the street. Welcome back inside the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Two up front presented by Three Lines Pub. Wrapping up the show here, a fantastic show. If you missed any of today's show, which had Allie Long of the U.S. Women's National Team and Caroline Stanley of Sky Blue FC, you can find it by going to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, the number 2. Uh, you can also find it on great platforms like iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on uh, Google Play as well, too. If you're a Google Play uh, music person, if you're an Android user, you can go and find 2UpFront uh, on that platform as well. Yeah, you can also find us on Facebook, of course. 2UpFront in the search bar will pop up. Do us a favor and give us a like on that page. It helps us out a great deal, and it doesn't cost you anything. Also, check us out on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer. You're using the number 2 there. Again, that's at to up front soccer we also have our personal twitter handles at simon proven and at baxter colburn all right simon one of the things we didn't get a chance to speak about uh, earlier in the show just because of all the great interviews we had something happening in the nwsl is the north carolina football club enters into an agreement to acquire the rights for the western new york flash the nwsl champion crazy western baxter. new york flash I, I i was talking about my brothers before this reminds me of my brother josh who uh, captained the Milwaukee Rampage to their last championship season, which also ended up being their last season. Western New York Flash surprised everybody, comes yeah. out, beats Portland Thorns in the semifinals, down in the final to Washington Spirit, comes back twice and ends up winning in a shootout, and now they no longer exist. Well, we heard rumors throughout the NWSL season that Boston was going to be the team, I thought, that would be sold and shipped off to someplace else just because their numbers were pretty awful. Even Sky Blue, I think, was rumored as well to to go to a different place in the country and you know we heard i was even thinking too with all the, the issues that washington had been having recently that maybe washington was going to close right, the shop and right. just restart basically i think it was surprising for me period baxter because when i was at the nwsl championship game i had an opportunity to talk to the commissioner jeff plush talking about the growth of the game he had said to me you know one thing people don't realize about the nwsl is all of our teams are very healthy everybody has increased their revenue this yeah. year uh, and then, what that was October, we're in January now, so three months later, uh, I guess not the case. How healthy, yeah, exactly. So, the North Carolina Football Club as a whole, uh, they, are, I believe, are going to be presenting an NASL team uh, as well. They want to make a bid for MLS. We know the Carolinas as a whole is a hotbed for soccer in America. You've got UNC for the women's side, who is just an absolute powerhouse in the college game, Allie Long uh, went there, uh, even though, of course, Caroline Stanley didn't at USC, but uh, still a, a name that many, many people will know. Um, it's interesting, and we were talking about this off the air, Simon, that Paul Riley might not have a job anymore, which is a little surprising to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know all the details, but the uh, again, uh, Dan Lawletta, who's been on the show with Equalizer Soccer, sorry, Dan, if I'm butchering your last name, he had tweeted out that the thing that he noticed in the announcement was Paul Riley is one of the candidates for coaching. So... It surprises me. We, we've had him on the show a couple of times now. Again, I got to talk to him personally down at the yep. championship game. 
great guy, great energy. Every player that has played under him that we've talked to absolutely loves, loves the guy. Yeah. He obviously knows what he's doing when he takes a young team like Western New York Flash and gets him to a championship game. So to not have him go with the team is surprising, but it actually may come down to a personal decision, Baxter, with Paul Riley. Apparently one of the main reasons he took the job at Western New York Flash is because he considers that home right now in his life. So, yeah. so perhaps it was more of a... I don't know if I want to do this yet, guys. So keep my name in the hat, but don't guarantee. You know, I'm, I'm not going to guarantee yeah. you that I'm coming down. Or there. maybe you know, North Carolina Courage. They have to have a search. Maybe even though, kind of like how you hear for certain jobs when like a new, a big time job opens and they've already got a person, but they can't officially announce it right away. They have to do an official search to sure. follow league rules or whatever. Maybe Paul Riley is going to May- still coach. You're right. Maybe there is something in the fine print. I'd be surprised if there was when it comes to professional sports. Yes. Uh, but listen, give Carolina, this ownership group, or this owner, a lot of credit because he had said earlier in the year that he's gunning to get an NWSL team by next year. So for him to do it a year early, uh, it's, it's a good thing for him. Exactly. I, I will say, um, whoever the coach is that ends up inheriting this team, you're being handed, obviously, a championship-winning team, but you're getting national team players in Sam Mewis, Sabrina D'Angelo, Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, and the list kind of goes on and on, honestly, after that. So any team, any coach, rather, who walks into this, this camp day one, whether it's Paul Riley or any coach, is already, to an extent, at a pretty decent advantage going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, well, Baxter, why don't you tell the story about what you saw on Twitter today, speaking of Western New York Flash being the championship team. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was kind of funny. So the North Carolina Courage uh, is the name of the new team, um, for those of you that, that don't know. Um, and they were, they've recently opened up all their social media accounts, so they've been talking, you know, trying to get people hyped up with everything going on. Um, but they, they made, a, they made a, a rookie mistake. They, uh, they tweeted out to all the NWSL teams. They just said, you know, hey, you know, at all the teams, basically. But the one thing that they did that kind of, some people might say, screwed them over is they included a GIF in their tweet that says, we are the champions. And it was people kind of dancing, like, we are the champions, kind of a thing like that. And every single NWSL team and Twitter as a whole basically just had a complete field day with them and said, oh, North Carolina Courage, are you Western New York Flash? Because that's not your name. Um, and to last time you know, we checked, you guys haven't won a single game or played a single right. game. And it just it spiraled off of there. Uh, the Houston Dash started it. They said, actually, the Flash. And then it all just whoosh, went on from there. And Twitter, especially women's soccer fans, just had an absolute field day with it. So the Courage not exactly starting off the way you want to. It might still be the same players. It might still be that transition. But that's you're no longer Western New York Flash. Western that's New York right. Flash is dead. Well, that's when the San Jose Earthquakes moved from San Jose to Houston and, and birthed the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Dynamo had to win their first trophy to claim themselves as, as MLS Cup champions. Yeah, yep, exactly. And somebody even made a comment about it, too, that I saw there saying, well, they've got everybody talking about them, which is probably what they were after anyways. So why not fall on the sword well, to as we know, to get all this publicity? As we know, Baxter, just being talked about is not always a good thing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? I did. Uh, anyways, little inside joke there for Baxter and I, and, and some of you may, may get that joke. Anyways, uh, I, I, w- I will say this, that uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in Carolina. I do think yeah. it's a market hungry for women's professional soccer, and I do think it'll, it, it, is a, it is a good organization to have in this league. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you got to feel for the Western New York Flash fans. 
There may have not been many on game day, as many as you would like, but the fact is they had they had fans. Yeah. They had fans that traveled to that championship game. Uh, they have a front office staff where we don't know. And, and I'm going to be a little personal here. Western New York Flash front office staff was one of the first teams that helped this show launch off with getting players uh, on the right. show. So I, I certainly hope the front office staff is taken care of. And I'm talking everything down to Dave, who is their... Uh, uh, the guy that we always reach out yeah, to Mikayla asking for interviews. Well too, Kayla, right. So so hopefully they're either offered to follow this team because they do a great job. Um, and on a selfish level, I certainly hope that Carolina is as gracious with getting us players as Western New York Flash was. So, uh, you know, I, I wish all the best for anybody who is involved in any way with the Western New York Flash. You're absolutely right about that one. All right, with that, I think that's a good place to end the show this week, Simon. Uh, we had a lot that we covered today. Two incredible guests. A special thanks to Allie Long and Caroline Stanley joining us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Reminder, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, live right here on Spreaker.com for about the next week or so, week and a half. Simon, you'll be here in spirit on Thursday, or do you not know exactly what you want to do? Don't know exactly a cool thing. I'm, I'm actually working on a film, but it's not me that's going to be part of the film on Thursday. It's my daughter, Bethany. Hey, exciting. Uh, Congratulations. So, so she's got a call time of 9.30. That's about 40 minutes away from the studio. Okay. Not sure what's going to be looking at noon. Maybe I'll be calling in, or maybe I just send you a text and say, hey, Baxter, talk about this. Perfect. Exactly. I love it when you do that. All right. Well, uh, remember, too, you can check out our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. That is the number two. Uh, you can also find uh, shoot us an email as well, 2upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Type in 2upfront in that search bar. Again, if you could give us a like. just takes a little bit of your time, but none of your money. Also, check us out on Twitter at 2upfrontsoccer and, of course, our own personal Twitter handles at Simon Provan at Baxter Colburn. Simon Provan, always a pleasure, sir. Let's do it again soon. Let's do it. All right, with our manager being the one above, we are 2upfront. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.